Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Welcome to Dead or Survive. This is Rob Riches. And I'm Cheryl Riches. And we're your hosts. And there's blank air. <laughs> we've had, um, we weren't even sure if we were going to record tonight. We've had a pretty big loss this uh, on, on Wednesday. No, Thursday. I don't know. My days are all blended into each other. Um, you guys have probably heard us talking about hanging out with our friends like all the time. And then usually it was our friends, Ken and Leah. And we lost Ken a couple of days ago, suddenly. So we decided we're still going to record this week and dedicate it to him. But cheers, Ken. This is for you. But yeah, wait, Ken was one of those good guys that uh, just he was always there for you. Always. I mean, you hear people say that, you know, when people but he was oh, you know, but he was actually one of those guys. He like, was. He, yeah, like he, he just, was. He was family to us. He acted like an uncle to our children he's missed by my parents he's missed by rob's mom it's a pretty big blow for all of us he was always involved in all of our holidays i mean he was a friend but he was more like family yeah he was more like a brother than he was a friend like we did yeah everything together so we will uh muck our way through this yeah. so um, we might be we might be a tad off this we're, week but we're gonna we're, be a little raw yeah However, we uh, also um, want to get it out, but I think this one's even like, it was only a year ago for my dad. Yeah. But I think this one's a little, hurts a little bit more just because like my dad, there was. We kind of expected well, it. Well, I mean, we didn't expect it because we, had, but you know what I mean? Like you could, there was signs. There, yeah. was, there was stuff coming. Like you, you, you were bracing yourself. You saw him deteriorating over a couple of years, but just to be gone. Like yeah. no signs, no nothing. Like we were literally with him sunday night watching nascar and thursday morning we're, we're rushing to the hospital yeah like yeah it's and it's not right i don't understand why somebody that does so much for people always helps out is always the ones that go and then the guys that are out raping and pillaging and stealing kids yeah. and all this shit seem to live to be 90. However, um, if we dwell on it too much, I'm going to start crying. So that's let's right. not do that. So we will dedicate it to him. Uh, he will always be in our thoughts. And we uh, we spent a lot of time with uh, his wife this weekend, making sure she's okay. Yeah. And we will always continue to do that. Yeah. She will still be family forever. Yeah. But... And uh, that's, that's that. So dedicated to Ken. Cheers. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying the new bar. Yeah. And we will catch up with you soon. We'll meet you one day for a Jack Daniels. I will be there soon. No, not too soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. That's done over with. Let's go on before things happen that shouldn't yeah. happen. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> uh, on another note this week, I also had a tooth ripped out of my head. Yes. What a shitty week. <laughs> yeah, it was that week. <laughs> Jesus. And it still hurts a little. I think it's infected. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might need to get that taken care of tomorrow then. Uh, I've made some phone calls for some tattoo places. Yep. Yeah. For in memoriam. Yep. I'm going to put it right on my cheek, right on my face. No, you're not. No. no. Why? 
you can like Tom McDonald, but not that much. What? <laughs> well, there goes that idea. It was a really cool tattoo, too. It was so cool. Unless you're talking about your butt cheek, then have at her. <laughs> no, I've already got a portrait of you there. Oh, stop That it. way you can kiss my butt, baby. Why would I kiss a picture of myself? <laughs> so you're saying that you look like my butt? You said you could have a tattoo on your butt. <laughs> yeah, I twisted that, though. Oh, God. At least you haven't changed. Here we go. Here we go. Well, you know, I think I I think I was keeping everybody lighthearted yeah. over through all this. Yeah. You were, as always, the comedian. Um, Something else. Oh, yeah. You got a story sent to you. I did so. So excited. She's always so excited when this happens. I, yeah, I'm actually. And she didn't have to go to Reddit and pretend that somebody sent it to <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, no, I got an actual story. <laughs> I'm not going to read it today, though. Sorry. My um, story today is fairly long. I don't even know if I'm going to read it next week because I've already got that one planned. Yeah, we already have a couple ahead of time here planned. So um, thank you for sending them in. We will obviously get to it, but it might be uh, two episodes away because the next episode is our big. It's our 50th. Big Whoop. 50th. It's the draw. Have you yeah. had a word picked out? Our keyword? I do have a keyword oh, picked out. don't tell out. it yet. What? <laughs> don't I, tell it. Don't tell it. It's Batman. That was already done. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Well, there goes that. Okay, I guess you got to get one now. I tried. Um, yeah, I got a keyword. I'll make a keyword up. What's the matter? I can do it on the fly. Yeah, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I'd like to see people spe spell that, actually. <laughs> that's that's now going to be the keyword. That wasn't going no, to be the keyword. No, because I said it already, and then they can just stop listening now. Well, then why don't you stop talking? That's not the point of a podcast. Well, maybe it is for your end. <laughs> What's been going on with you? How come everything's all about me? This sucks. No, I think. No, well, I think. I think. Yeah. But what yeah, about the tooth? I had a tooth. How come I yeah. always have to go through more pain than you? Because you visit a dentist when a tooth is ready to be falling out of your head. I visit the dentist regularly. Who has the implant? I don't have an implant. I have a crown. So oh. There you go. I thought you had the tooth implant in the front there. Where they that was a silver th point that I got when I was 16 because I had it. And what is it? The dentist is actually calling in other people to see it because it's so rare. It was a tooth growing inside a tooth. It's called endante or something like that. El Dante? <laughs> no, I don't remember what it was called, but they were fascinated. And then just to make things even worse this week, our daughter's here. That's annoying. <laughs> sitting yeah, in the room she was wonderful she came out to wonderful she sat here last night and burnt cookies she made cookies for you she Who burnt them? them yeah <laughs> she also came I, i'm not going to turn cookies down but she burnt them yeah she also came to leah's house and she was a huge help and actually leah even i didn't tell this to darian yet but she said how much she appreciated having her there so yeah she's been she's been on our, our little rock as usual she is Except our, for burning cookies. <laughs> she is our consultant when we're having issues. <laughs> and she burns cookies. And, well, that's on your mom. I told her that. And she's like, I'm not spending that kind of money on parchment paper. <laughs> Costco, man. $18 for parchment paper. <laughs> it will last you nine months. Yeah, I think I Probably should. nine years the way you bake. Next time. True. Next time I'll get it. 
Anyways, we should probably get on to our story. My story's, oh, yeah. my story's fairly long. Your too, story's so fairly long. Oh, God, we wouldn't want to keep our audience longer <laughs> yeah. than they need to be. We are so sorry. We will get this over quickly for you guys. Hurry up. Tell your story. Go, 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 go. Do you so, have a story? Do you have a drink? People like the story to be about as long as their commute. That's, that's How do you know I'm not commuting for an hour and a half? I guess I don't. Summer's coming. Maybe they want longer ones for the cottage. That's true, too. Maybe they just like hearing my voice. Well, I guess they can play it twice then. That'll help our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, numbers have been awesome. Yeah, you Thank you guys rocked. so much. Like you, guys, you totally yeah. rocked. We put out a deadline, what we wanted to get, and we reached it. And we were so excited because we thought <laughs> we failed. <laughs> we're going to be able to advertise now. And then I clicked on the little link and it said, sorry, you must be a U.S. resident. Well, and we're not. Well, what the hell? However. We will figure it out. Yeah. We've got the numbers now. We just got to figure out. She probably clicked on the wrong link. I didn't. You I don't checked know. It. I checked it. I Googled it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Same girl that forgot to put send on the pizza order. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, oh, stop? Made it to the made it to the liquor store in five minutes so well, she could I get there, but couldn't hit send on the pizza order. <laughs> that would have taken an extra second. Or I know. Then you would have never made the liquor store. I know. I, I know what happened. <laughs> got your drink? I do, yes. You got your story? Uh-huh. Let her rip potato chip. Okay, this night, this this night, this story. Um... Oh, good. Hooked on phonics. Work for you. <laughs> well, because I was reading my story. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> That's the problem. You were reading. <laughs> this story is a little bit different from my usual stories. I'm going to tell Somebody you... didn't survive? Um, there weren't. I was just going to get to that little spoiler. This is a survival story for some, but not for others. I'm the dead part guy. Okay, but the Donner, the Donner party, I did that, and they didn't all survive. That was, early, that people... was early on, and, and I didn't realize how important it was for the dead section. Some people die. But it's a really good story. Why don't you I just thought... take over the whole podcast? I thought it was worth being told. everything? Okay, listen. I'm going to tell you about the night of the Grizzlies. Ooh, cocaine bear? No, but that would that that was that is a funny story. Maybe we can tell one day. But no, this is not about. Do you know that's that. based on kind of a true story? That movie. Yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking. I was talking about the movie that was coming out. I didn't but... know there was a movie. Yeah, it's called Cocaine Bear. Oh, I didn't. I had no idea about that. Okay, so the night of the Grizzlies took place in Glacier National Park in 1967. Glacier wow. National Park is in Montana, along the. I've been to Montana. You have. You have? We might have even went near here. I don't know. It's you along the spine of the Rocky Mountains, and it's nicknamed the crown of the continent. It's not near. We were in Montana in Yellowstone. I don't know. Like, we passed. Yellowstone's in Wyoming, baby. And Montana. It went, goes into both. Yeah, but we went over Beartooth Pass and then yeah. dropped right into Montana. Yeah, I know. So, I don't. This It said it was a full day's, like, a, a good day's drive from Glacier to Yellowstone or good day trip or something along that line anyways i think it's not that close um and i guess you've probably guessed the park is full of grizzly bears because of the name the name of my story so up until my story began and since the park had opened in 1910 there had never been a grizzly bear attack on a human where the human died in fact at the time of this story the dangers of grizzlies were completely downplayed uh, rangers would tell people if if I was to set up an, a danger index ranging from zero to ten, where the butterfly is zero and the rattlesnake is ten, 
the glaciers of uh, the Grizzlies of Glacier Park would rate somewhere between a zero and a one. Really? Like, that's what they were telling people. Like they, they were telling people like they had grizzly bears beside butterflies. They, yeah, right beside butterflies. They were saying like, oh, they were like laugh at people if they were scared of the bears. I could see that if it was like maybe the black bears or something, but yeah. grizzlies. Yeah, I don't know because like, it had never happened since wow. 1910 in the 57 years. They figured, oh, it'll never happen. But and yet anyways, people it, are terrified of sharks, and they hardly ever attack. Right. Anyways. People really weren't taking grizzlies seriously in the park at this time. Yeah. Well, but, it's like marriage, right? Back then, everybody wanted to do that, too. I'm going to get was up. Scared if of it. you weren't so far away for the microphone <laughs> interference, you would be getting a smack right now. <laughs> okay. See, that's why people are scared. <laughs> in 1967, people started to notice some odd the behavior. The night the wives attack. Are you listening to my story at yes, all? Grizzly, <laughs> yes, grizzly. Grizzly's <laughs> They started to notice some odd behavior with one of the bears. So we'll start at Kelly's Camp, which is a small community of cottages that had been grandfathered into the park. So they had, in 1910, they had cottages built and they can't exactly say, get out, this is a yeah, national park. It's like park. Algonquin, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So they there was this little community of cottages and they called it Kelly's Camp. One of the families that spent a lot of the time and owned one of these cottages was the Berry family. <laughs> Sorry, grizzly bears, Barry. Oh, yeah, I didn't even clue into that. Mrs. Barry had seen a lot of grizzlies in the park in her years spent at the family cottage, but one day she noticed one that she had never seen before digging around in the garbage area. It was emaciated. It probably weighed about half as much as it should have. So it should have probably weighed about 500 pounds, and she estimated that it was like 250. It had bald spots, and it had a long, misshaped head, and its claws were longer than any other grizzly she'd ever seen before because she figured it hadn't been digging and foraging in the dirt like a proper grizzly bear should be. It's starting to sound like one of our dogs. Which one? Roscoe. Got long claws. Oh, that's because he won't let me clip Almost his 200 nails. Pounds. Even the vet couldn't clip his nails. I don't know what we're going to do with him. However, that's another story. Almost 200 pounds. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was also out in broad daylight, which was very unusual. This bear was so odd that she mentioned, mentioned it to one of the park rangers. The bear started to become a regular visitor to their trash cans. Any other time that they had bears, if they made a loud noise or yelled at it, the bear would take off, but not this one. Did I ever tell you about that story about the old lady in Chalk River? Uh, you told me, but I don't think you told our listeners. I was in Chalk River and there's a park where the kids would play and this bear was in there rummaging through the garbage and she just came out with a corn broom and went over and smacked it on the head and told it to get out. And just, yeah. <laughs> just looked at her and then sauntered off. That was like when we went to Killarney and we saw a bear and then like a block away, there was a bunch of kids playing. So one of the parents was there and we we're like, um, just so you know, there's a bear or a block down. They're like, oh, that's just Harold or whatever they named it. And they were like, didn't even care. Okay. Are you going to get on with your story? Maybe. Do you even know where you are? Yep. You don't. <laughs> when they tried to scare this bear, it would just either stare at them or it would even do a little charge. It would take a step, couple of steps towards them. Oh, that's aggressive. Yeah, it's an aggressive bear. This started to make Mrs. Barry nervous and she warned her children. <laughs> I still can't get out. <laughs> Mrs. Barry. <laughs> We're scared of the bear. I wish I had got her first name now so I could stop referring to her as that. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be a long story. <laughs> okay. She warned her children, if you see this The bear, little bears? If you see <laughs> the little berries, yes. 
God. What is wrong with you? It's your story. What do you mean what's wrong with me? Oh, my God. Am I even going to get through this? I don't know. Okay. I wish hurry up. She told the kids, if you see this bear, come inside immediately. And then the bear started to get even more brazen. It didn't like noises inside the cabin. Like I'm talking, they weren't allowed to talk inside their cabin. They weren't allowed to close the door because if they did, the bear would charge into the cabin and throw itself against its wall and it would take the paw and like slam it against the window panes, which is terrifying. <laughs> so whenever the bear came around, the family tried to stay completely still and silent, except they had a dog. And the dog was not liking this bear outside at all. So it would bark because there's a bear outside. I mean, understandable. Anyways, one day at this campground, it was a busy summer vacation day and everybody was doing typical things. There were people playing outside. There was barbecues. There were boats and everybody, you know, it's like a loud campsite kind of day. And there was one of the cabins celebrating a birthday party. So everybody was sitting on the porch of the cabin eating birthday caking, singing and whatever. And somebody noticed this bear at the bottom of the stairs. Everybody started to yell at the bear to scare it away, but instead it started coming up the stairs. So one of the men grabbed a heavy bench from the porch and hit it <laughs> with this bench. The bear backed down and looked at it a little bit and then it stood on its hind legs, snorted, sniffed the air and then walked away. And then everybody was like, well, that was weird and then resumed their party. A couple of minutes later, they heard somebody yell, get a gun. The bear was following two children walking down the road. Somebody fired a warning shot and it walked off into the bush. The rangers were called, but it didn't show up for hours. They didn't show up for hours. When they did finally arrive, they said they saw the bear heading in the other direction and they, he was nothing to worry about. Turns out it was a sheep, but that doesn't matter. Um... There were more complaints, and eventually the rangers put a trap out for this bear, but it was never caught. This. <laughs> Do you remember when we went camping? Oh, yeah. I think we have told this story where the bear made a fool of the rangers. I think we have. Darian, correct me. Have, have we told this story on the. I don't know which one. Where the. So we were at a camping out there, and a bear showed up, and these people went all nuts and started firing off their bear bells and stuff to scare them away. And everybody's running away from where they saw the bear, except for your mother and I, who decided to go, no, we're going to go see the bear. Yeah, we wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So then we went to go see it and nobody could find her or anything like that. And the Rangers went out to shoot it away from the park. So they went out with a paintball gun. Well, then the next day I asked the Ranger if they, uh, it was a, not that it mattered, but it was a, a female Ranger and she started laughing and she's like, no, but when we came back to our truck, his bear paws were all yeah. over the truck and <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> So it was yeah. uh, kind of funny that they were out looking for him. He was at their truck. You got any their food lunch. there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So this continued from June until August. And then in August, I think it was August 1st, they said, a ranger came by and told everybody that the bear had been seen at Trout Lake, which was nine miles away and it wouldn't be a problem anymore. Trout Lake could. Yeah, grizzly bears travel a long ways. Like they have a long circle. Yeah. Right? Like they'll yeah, go that's up. A, the... That's a really like. They said it was, it would start, they had it a pattern. So at first it was coming every three days, then it went to every four and then it went to every five and then it was gone. It was out tra at Trout but I Lake. I think it's something like they'll travel like 10 kilometers. Like I think that's what they kind of own is like a 10 kilometer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was something like that. Well, the Trout Lake was full of bears. Like it was common to go out there and see four or five of them in one trip. 
but you could only access it by hiking. So it wasn't used by many people, except there was good fishing. So some people would hike out there to go fishing or like the avid outdoorsmen, they would go hiking there and spend the night. But they like when they camped there, these people in these stories, a couple of them had tents, but most of them just had sleeping bags. They just slept in sleeping bags without a tent. That sounds terrible to me. You've never done that? No. The bugs. I couldn't handle the bugs. Yeah, but I don't know. I've done it. I've done it several different ways. I've actually done it in the winter where we've actually dug into the snow yeah, and well, then, then lined it. Then and you then wouldn't have the bugs, so it wouldn't be No, bad. you just have the snow. Yeah. But, but you have su- a lean-to, right? No. Oh. No, I'm just saying, we just dug into the snow, and we put this is what we had to do for our survival stuff and cadets and everything like that. Oh. And we dug a hole, and we lined it with straw, and we put our sleeping bags in that we teach how to keep warm, and that stuff, uh, snow actually acts like an insulator. Yeah, yeah. And then we've, yeah, I've slept out underneath the, the stars no, before. I, I think trips. the mosquitoes would drive me too nuts. Okay. Where was I? You were talking about uh, kids fishing and people sleeping outside. Right. Okay. So the people that did make this adventure to Trout Lake, they started getting harassed by this bear while they were there. One 22-year-old couple, Peter and Ellen, were spending their honeymoon hiking in this area. Wow. Sorry for interrupting. Bears, um, they have live trap bears and move them more than 200 kilometers away from where their home range is and they'll come back. Wow. That's that's pretty impressive. If you had done some fact searching, you would have known that, and I wouldn't have. I had a long you. enough story; I didn't need facts. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? Okay, Peter and Ellen, twenty-two-year-old couple, on their honeymoon, hiking in this area. They were nervous about the bears in the area. The rangers told them it was silly to be afraid of the bears, but if they were really afraid, they could carry bear bells on their bags. They arrived at Trout Lake, and they had a tent. They set up their tent. They cooked up a can of ravioli, and I'm just picturing this age. They had Chef Boyardee, 100%, 1967. So they had, they cooked up a can of ravioli, and they went into their tent to eat. Why are you looking at me funny? 1940, you think Chef Boyardee? 1967. Whatever you think Chef Boyardee was around then? I think so. Yeah. I bet. Uh, and, and then while they were inside the tent, they heard a crash outside. There was a grizzly in their camp eating their food in their backpacks. So They didn't put it up in the air? No, because nobody cared. Nobody was afraid of these bears. It's not about being afraid, Nobody taught any grizzly safety. These people are out there. They don't know anything about grizzlies. And there's nobody to teach them because they don't care. (laughs) Like, it's, it's insane. But, okay, so... While the bear was distracted, eating the food in their backpack, the couple snuck out of their tent and they ran up the side of a nearby hill. They watched the bear while it was eating all of their food. People, Peter yelled at the bear because they needed the food for the rest of their journey, but the bear didn't care and he just kept eating and destroying their campsite. It ripped up their tent and then it headed down to the lake to get a drink. So Peter and Ellen snuck back down to the camp to try to salvage whatever they could. The bear had eaten all but two cans of their food. It shredded their tent and their clothes. They tried to quietly grab whatever was left while the bear was distracted drinking at the lake, which still was very close. So they were trying to be very quiet while they were doing this. And when they they grabbed their sleeping bags that were still intact, but when they grabbed their bags, the bear bells jingled. The bear heard that and started heading in their direction. More food. Yeah. Peter and Alan turned in the other direction and they started to run. They ran for two miles and found a shelter where they spent the night. So they found like a little hut 
that they spent the night. The next day they went down to the um, park ranger and they told them what had happened. They reported the incident and they were basically laughed at. And like they said, well, what did you name it? And they're like, we didn't name it. And they're like, oh, well, bears that harass people usually get a name. So they, they just got annoyed and they left because they weren't being taken seriously. Lots of other complaints started to come in, a, in about this bear. The ranger would answer, yeah, we know we have to do something about this bear, but we just haven't had time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know this bear needs to be eliminated, but we don't have time. I guess if you want to give them a little bit of fairness, because really this has been an insane story, there was wildfires all over the place. So the, a lot of their men were out trying to fight the wildfires, but you got to take care of an aggressive bear. I'm sorry. <laughs> That has to be a priority. Or tell people not to go out in the park. Right. Yeah. Something. Like, don't go to Trout Lake. Yeah. Something. Not that the bear won't travel 200 kilometers right. to meet you. <laughs> right. This thing was chasing people, stealing fish right from fishermen in the area, and chasing people up trees. Well, you shouldn't be fishing anyways. Bye. I don't like fishing. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is what's going on at Trout Lake. Now I'm going to cut to Granite Park Chalet. So Where? Granite Park Chalet. Granite Park Chalet. Yeah. And just to interact, Chef Boyardee. Yeah. 1928. There you go. <laughs> it was Chef Boyardee. I guarantee it. <laughs> okay. Granite Park Chalet is about nine miles away from Trout Lake. And we've got more bear stuff going on here. This chalet is only open during the summer for about two months because the rest of the year there's snow because it's up in the mountains, right? And you can only get to it by hiking. And this is known as a very active grizzly area. So there was a chalet, but there was also a campground for tenters who wanted to come by. Tom Walton and his wife Nancy had taken summer jobs at the chalet. So they traveled up there to get ready for the guest. There was an incinerator that they were to burn all their garbage in because they wanted to, they were actually trying to keep the bears from coming to the chalet. So they were supposed to burn all of their garbage so they didn't leave leftovers outside. Tom noticed that the incinerator wasn't big enough but figured he would deal with it when the time came. While they were getting ready for guests, bears became regular nighttime visitors. It was a nightly occurrence that they would have this big bear come, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. It was a nightly occurrence to have bears visit the chalet, I apologize. They would see tracks every morning. You did read your story before you were I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out here. I also know some of it from memory, so I got ahead of myself. See, that's the problem. <laughs> I just go in blind. I don't read mine. I don't do anything. I go, oh, yeah, that looks stupid. I'm going to talk about that. That way I can't mess it up. <laughs> some of the tracks that they were seeing were of a mother and two cubs. When the chalet opened and visitors started coming in, the garbage was too much for the incinerator, just like Tom? What was his name? Tom thought. Um, so they had to start taking the I thought he was going to deal with that before they got there. No, I said they'll deal with it when the time comes. So his ideal, his idea to deal with it is he started taking the garbage to an area that was away from the chalet. However, it was close to the campground. Every night, a big bear would come and eat whatever it wanted. And then a later on, a smaller bear would visit and finish the first bear. So the second bear would sit and cry in the bushes until the first bear was done. And then when the other one took off, he'd come in and eat. He'd actually cry? <laughs> yeah, he did. I don't know. I, why is this like with the other bears? Because we've seen, I mean, we've broken into a... Yeah, but I think if it's... We were allowed into the dump. No. We didn't climb the fence. 
We did not climb the fence and break into the dump. No, because it was. But there was several of them together. Yeah, but that was with unlimited amounts of food. This is just a small, like that was a dump. It was a whole community's worth of food. This is just a chalet's, right? So they had to kind of fight over it. Word got out about this nightly show and people were starting to travel there specifically to see the bears. On one of the nights, there was leftover bacon in the garbage. Oh, <laughs> yeah. bacon. Yeah. Everybody loves bacon. The smaller bear decided, not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> not That's tonight. bacon. It wanted bacon, too, and there was a bear fight. The people watching loved this, and they actually started apl applauding. So Tom realized that he had created an attraction of sorts with this bear, bear fight. So he started adding bacon to the garbage every night, or ham, or something that like the bears are going to go ape. Of course, because yeah. we're stupid humans. Yeah. You sure this isn't a Darwin? It could almost be. I was halfway through going, I could use this as my trade <laughs> when we trade spots and I do your story, but no, not really. Not everybody in this story is dumb, just some, some, <laughs> or uneducated, I guess. That's a better word. Um, word got back to Park Service that this was going on, and Tom was told that he could no longer feed the bears, but Tom didn't listen and continued on. Darwin. Yeah. If Tom gets eaten, it's Darwin. <laughs> it's not Tom. In the middle of August, newlyweds Robert and Janet Klein were hiking. It better not be Robert. <laughs> Robert and Janet Klein were hiking in the area. Son of a bitch, Robert gets eaten. They had not been married long enough for major arguments, and now they were having a major disagreement. Janet had heard about the bears of Granite Park Chalet, and she announced that there was no force on earth, including her six foot seven husband, that could get her to sleep out in the campground that night. Robert was not so convinced. Janet stood her ground and finally announced that if Robert wanted to, he could go sleep outside, but she was going to scrape together the $12.50 that it would cost to sleep in the chalet. So Robert relented, and they went to find Tom working in the back of the chalet. But he told them that every bed was booked for that night. The couple asked if they could sleep inside on the floor. Tom agreed, but told them that they would still have to pay the $12.50 each, but it would include three meals. I think that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> well, this is, when was this? 1967. Yeah. yeah. I guess it was ex probably expensive. It's really expensive. Yeah. Um, but Tom did say to them, the, the bears aren't that dangerous. You'll be fine if you sleep out in the campground. So Robert went out to look for a safer spot, a little bit away from the campground and the garbage so that they would be safer from the bears. And while he was gone, Janet met a man named Don who said that he knew of a safer spot to camp. The area had a little cabin with a ladder to the roof. So if a bear did come during the night, they could climb the ladder and up onto the roof. So that's what they decided to do. And they set up camp. And Don set up in the area, but about 30 feet away. While they were eating their dinner, a teenage couple, Julie and Roy, there's a lot of people, I'm sorry, but we'll try to keep you. We'll try to keep who's who here. So Julianne and Roy pro approached them and asked where the campground was. They showed the teens, because they were only 19, the direction to the campground. So Julianne and Roy said, well, then why are you camping here? And they answered, well, because we're afraid of the bears. Roy and Julie laughed and said that the bears were nothing to be afraid of, and they set off towards the campground. After dinner, Robert and Janet crawled into their sleeping bags and went to sleep. But Julie and Roy were all about these bears. They wanted to see them. After they ate, they buried their the dinner garbage under a log about 200 feet away. What? And, yep. 
<laughs> yep, that's what they did. And then they went to sleep. Janet was asleep when she was awoken by the sounds of screams. She heard somebody yelling help. At this point, Robert woke up. And there was more screaming, but it started to sound further away. Don also woke up. So he's the guy that said camp here, right? And then when he got out of he got up out of his sleeping bag, he saw um, somebody approaching him, like staggering towards him. And it was Roy. And Roy said he, that a bear got a hold of me, but it dragged her off. Please go find her. Don saw that Roy's arm was dangling and there were big blood spots on his thigh. Roy begged Don to take him back to the sh chalet to get help. So that's what they did. They got Roy to the chalet and Roy explained what had happened. He was woken up by Julie telling him to play dead. So they were there laying in their sleeping bags and the bear came up and swatted them with its paw and sent them flying five three feet through the air. Roy landed on his stomach and he laid there and played dead. He felt the bear bite into his shoulder, but he continued to play dead. He didn't even like make a noise while this bear was like eating him. It's the Revenant. The Revenant, yeah. Revenant, yeah. The bear stopped, but then it went over to Julie and started to tear at her body. Then it came back to Roy. It bit his thigh hard, but he still played dead. Then it went back to Julie. Roy could hear her bones crunch as the bear bit her. She started screaming, this hurts, somebody help. And then the bear started dragging her away. Roy got up and started to run, run and crumpled at the first sleeping bag he found, which was Don's. Two of the people that were staying at the chalet were doctors. So they started working on Roy immediately and has tried to stop the bleeding as much as they could. Roy wanted them to leave him and go find Julie, but the doctors knew this wasn't possible because if they didn't act right away, Roy was going to die and they had no idea if Julie was even alive or dead at this point. So he was, he was their priority. Uh, other people got in touch with park services on the radio and park services said that they were on their way and they would be there in about half an hour. Others wanted to go out and find Julie, but they were told, no, don't do that. They didn't even have a gun at this chalet. It was dark. There was a dangerous bear out there and they had no way of defending themselves. What? They had bear bells. <laughs> yeah, this is what they had. Bear bells. Go away, bear. Ding, ding, ding. The rescue helicopter arrived and took Roy to the nearest hospital. It had been two hours since Julie had been taken when a search started for her at 2.45. They started calling out for Julie. When they reached the area where they were camping, there was blood everywhere, and they heard a tiny call for help. They ran there as quickly as they could. She was ripped and torn up, and she was covered in blood. She whispered, it hurts. There were puncture marks in her lungs. One of her lungs had collapsed, and it was impossible for her to take a full breath. There was almost absolutely no meat left on one of her arms. Ugh. It was bone. Jesus. Yeah. She was bleeding out, and it was a miracle that she was still alive at this point two hours later. They rushed her back to the chalet and gave her pain medication. And the doctors tried to tend her wounds and give her IVs and give her blood transfusions, but they knew that she wasn't going to make it. There happened to be a priest staying at the chalet. So they called the pr priest and he came and he comforted Julie and forgave her for her sins. Julie took comfort in this and then she was gone. Okay. Makes you wonder. Here's the thing. If they hadn't done that, if they hadn't comforted her and said, you know, no, you got to hang on and you got to yeah. keep going, pumping adrenaline through them, right? You just wonder. Yeah. Would it have made a difference? Would it, yeah. 
Like they couldn't even get an IV in her because all, she had lost so much blood that all of her veins had collapsed. They had to cut her wrist open to try to find one vein that could accept. I get that, yeah. but I'm just saying, I'm just wondering, like all of a sudden you, you bring a priest in and then yeah. you get kind of relaxed. Yeah. Like, okay, this is it. And you kind of accept it. Where yeah, if, that's if, true. If somebody, yeah, I guess you just, you just don't know, right? You, don't you just know. wonder. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to Trout Lake where a group of five park employees are making a hike to spend the night. So we're back earlier in the day. One of the group, Denise, brought her puppy Squirt. Dogs are not allowed in this park at all, ever. But she she brought it. I guess she figured, I work here. I can do what I want. I don't know. <laughs> Just this is what happened. When they arrived at the lake, they were warned by two fishermen that they had been treed by an aggressive bear for two hours. But they weren't worried about it. They got to the camp and the other girl in the group, Michelle, stayed behind and set up camp while Michelle and the three boys went fishing for dinner. How many Michelles were there? There's Michelle and Denise. Michelle is the one with the... You said Michelle stayed at the camp and then Michelle went out with the kids. No, Denise went out with the... Denise It's Denise's dog, but he she left the dog with Michelle and then she went fishing with the boys. Okay. Okay? Sure. Okay. You get to replay this, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I did, I apologize. When they got back, they had caught their fish, they were eating it, and Michelle noticed a bear in the brush. She yelled, here comes a bear, and they all got up and ran from the camp. The bear came and ate every fish that they had caught. The group decided to stay where they were, leave the bear alone, and set up camp where they currently had been chased. So they started a big fire. When the bear left, they went down. So we're back to the misshapen head bear, right? When the bear left, they went down and got their sleeping bags and whatever the bear hadn't eaten. The group got into their sleeping bags and went to sleep. Denise had Squirt in her sleeping bag with her, but she woke up to the sounds of splashing in the lake and the sound of Squirt growling. <laughs> and it was just a baby, just a puppy. Denise pushed Squirt further into the sleeping bag. When she heard the bear move a little further away, she woke up the rest of the group. Two of the boys got up and stoked the fire and moved the food further away from the camp. The bear showed up and found some cookies, ate them, and left. So now it's about 3.30 in the morning. I had cookies last night. Did you? <laughs> I did not. You guys ate them all. They were so delicious. We <laughs> were just complaining about that. <laughs> they were burnt, but they were delicious. Okay. They decided to stay up the rest of the night stoking the fire. They could, um, but they could still hear the bear in the area. At around 4.30, the bear charged right into the campground. Squirt squealed and Denise shoved, shoved him further into the, her sleeping bag. The bear was right over, like sniffing at Denise and the puppy. He grunted and sniffed around and Denise and Squirt trembled and tried to stay as still as possible. So this dog was like, he knew that he, it's not time to bark. He was being good. The bear approached one of the boys and bit into his sweatshirt, but that's all he got was his sweatshirt. But as soon, and his, this guy's name is Paul. As soon as Paul felt that, he jumped out of his sleeping bag and ran. And he, the bear reared up and started chasing Paul, but P Paul ran into, like he climbed a tree while the bear was circling underneath him. Denise's boyfriend, Ron, saw the bear under the tree and yelled to Denise to run. Denise said she couldn't run. Squirt was tied to a tree. Ron told her to leave the dog and run, but she was. She said, no, I'm not leaving him, and she was fumbling with the rope. And then Ron came over and shoved her and said, let's go now. So they started to run up the hill, but Squirt got free from his collar and caught up with them. I couldn't have handled the dog <laughs> eaten by this bear, so that's a good story. Um 
They ran up a hill and the three of them climbed up a tree. Paul, who's already up in a tree, could see the last two people in the campsite, Ray and Michelle. He yelled at them to run, but the bear was back already and sniffing at Ray's sleeping bag. And then it moved to Michelle's bag. As soon as the bear moved away from Ray, he got up and ran and yelled at Michelle to do the same thing. But the bear bit down on Michelle. There was some screaming and then she screamed that she couldn't get away from the bear. And then she screamed that the bear had taken her arm off. And then she said, oh, my God, I'm dead. And then they could, the bear grabbed the sleeping bag with Michelle still in it and dragged her off. They could hear the sound of bones crunching while they stayed in the tree waiting for daylight. <laughs> that's not good. No, that's like one of the most terrible things I can think of, actually. When daylight came, they ran down the trail and found a couple who drove them to the ranger station. They got to the ranger station and explained what had happened. And at this point, the ranger realized that this was the second bear attack of the night. And it was happening at the same time, nine miles apart. So there was two separate bear attacks by two separate bears in the park that night. And it hadn't happened ever before. So weird. It's strange. Yeah. The ranger suggested that maybe Michelle was just up a tree and they would go look for her. But the group was like, she's not up a tree. So they went back and they began looking for Michelle. The ranger saw something on the ground and picked it up and realized he was holding an ear in his hand. Ooh. Yeah. They found Michelle's body half buried, barely recognizable. Her stomach and abdomen were gone and most of her hair had been torn off. So now there's a full on search for two killer bears. They set up at the chalet and waited for the bears to come for their nightly visit. They shot both of that bears, both of those bears, sorry, but when they opened them up, there was no evidence it was either of them. So they killed two innocent bears. And then the next morning, they realized that the food that they had left out was gone and they remembered the mum and the two cubs. So they waited again for the mum and the two cubs that night. And when mom came, they shot her and they tried shooting at the cubs, but they only got one cub in the jaw and it lived and it ran off, but it had no jaw. Like, well, so now it's going to starve to death. Like, yeah. Yeah. I can't even. I can't even with this. When they opened up mom, there was no evidence. It wasn't her either. So all of that. And it wasn't even her. At Trout Lake, they shot a bear that was acting aggressively. This was the bear with the misshapen head. And it had evidence of Michelle's hair in its stomach. So that they got the right bear at Trout Lake. The other bear was never found. In the aftermath of the attacks, the park initiated a strict pack-in, pack-out policy. Dumps were eliminated, and rangers ticketed visitors who fed bears and kicked out campers with messy campsites. When grizzlies frequented trails, the areas were closed until the bears moved on. Warnings and tips on bear safety were posted throughout the park, and the park set rules for food storage, installed bear-proof trash cans, and devised off-the-ground storage for backcountry campers. A new permit system limited the amount of campers in the backcountry country, and required them to sleep in designated campsites a distance away from cooking areas. The new practices soon spread to other national parks in which bear li bears lived. By 1970, Yellowstone, the other park in the lower 48, where people were most likely to encounter grizzly, had enacted many of the same policies. So this became kind of a landmark case for 
a lot of parks in the area, anybody with grizzlies, but like it was like a super huge tragic incident that brought it on. But anyways, is that always the way? I guess. Yeah. It just seems like there should have been somebody should have known better along the way. It seems like like somebody had to have known how dangerous grizzlies can be. Well, and they probably did, but how many times we tell people not to do stuff and they do it anyways? Yeah. Like drinking and driving still happens. Right. That's true. Yeah. And how many people die from that? The rangers weren't even telling people. The rangers were like, caution to the wind, grizzlies are fine. I get that, but again, is that how they were taught? And it's yeah. never happened before. So right. what 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 history do you have to go off yeah. of? Yeah, I guess. The revenant. <laughs> you glass. <laughs> Huge ass. <laughs> That joke still good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that is my. Story. Oh, that's your story. That's, that's it. That's how story. it ends. Yeah, that's my whole story. There's like, still a killer a... bear out there wandering well, around. Not anymore. It would be dead by now. Maybe it had offsprings though, and they're all a little messy, messed up. <laughs> little Chucky bears. Little Chucky bears yeah. running around. <laughs> is the is the Barry family still there? I have no idea. Maybe they'll write us and let us know. <laughs> wow. There you go. There you go. It was like a pretty, I don't know. Did it have a good ending? No, I guess not. There's no, other than the rules were enacted after that, but like, yeah. Well, it's good that they got some safety rules out of it. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Just a gruesome story all in all. And there was some survivors. There was some trees, survivors. But... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Two different bears all at the same time. And yeah. Like that, it, that is weird. Yeah. It's a nutso story. Nutso. Anyways, do you want to give us a keyword? No. Oh. Darian, do you have a keyword for us? Oh, I'm on the spot. <laughs> oh, look at that. Nobody has a keyword. <laughs> How about survive? Survive. Our keyword is survive. All right. All right. All right. And this is your last chance you have until next Sunday morning or until we record next Sunday to get us. Keywords. We need to have it in by Saturday, Saturday. March 5th. March 5th. Next week. Because we, we have to do a draw too. So we yeah. need, so March yeah. 5th. Oh, I guess we have to get the little. We have to get all the little see. names written down. Yeah. Have to do all that stuff. There's so much work involved. On the podcast. On the and podcast. probably afterwards. And then we'll contact yeah. them on Facebook and stuff yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And so. if it's a, uh, if it's a uh, Jeff, then I got to lick the lid and videotape it. Yeah. Send it to him. Yep. I'm going to video it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to feed you a bunch of garlic, too. Yeah, it'll be great. (laughs) So now. Now it's time for my story. Now it's time for your story. However, let's thank everybody again. And if you do have a story that you'd like to send in to us, like we got today, how would you do that? Debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. And. Uh, thank you again. Make sure, um, or please let us know if you're enjoying it. You can contact us with anything. If you have any ideas or anything you think that might yeah, help if out. Yeah, you've heard of a crazy story that you think either one of us which should which should cover, then send it on over. Or if there's, uh, yeah, even just if there's something you want to hear in the podcast or something you think's missing in the podcast or, or something yeah. that we can enhance just, and improve. If you just want to Make us, this podcast yours. Just make it the reason why you want to Email us and tell us that it. we suck, but don't do that. I'll cry. <laughs> you know you're getting three emails for sure that say you suck you know that right
<laughs> Anyways. Anyways, on to my stories. Yes. What do you got? I have men being men. Oh. I don't know if I like this start, however. Near midnight, a 49-year-old man attempted to impress his wife. Okay. With his sheer strength. Uh-huh. To show her how, how powerful. Do we know how long they had been married at this point? No. Okay. All right. I'm thinking newlyweds. Carry on. <laughs> maybe he's 49, so maybe no, not, but whatever. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted to impress his wife. Maybe he just wanted to keep her, uh, keep the spark going, saying, yeah. look at me. I'm I'm 49 years old, and I still have power, and I still love you. Stop yeah. looking at that Magic Mike movie. <laughs> you don't know. It could be. You're right. Right? Okay. So how do you think he did that? Weightlifting. Well, you would think, but no, no, he decided that he would climb over the balcony of his seventh floor flat. Uh, this took place in Germany. So apartment in Canada. Apartment in Canada. <laughs> yeah. And held off the balcony and decided to do pull-ups. What an idiot. I'm sorry. That's dumb. <laughs> and he did pull-ups. <laughs> And showed his wife how strong he was. How many did he do? I don't know, but he stopped after he let go, fell, and the bush underneath impaled him. Oh, no. Dying instantly. Oh, no. Now yeah. she can go watch all the magic mics she wants. I guess. <laughs> but do you know what? Here's the thing. That happened in April. So April 4th, 2007. Yeah. This German man was not alone in his efforts to impress women. Okay. In October 9th, 2007, in Ohio, uh-huh. a 18-year-old decided that he wanted to impress a girl. Okay, and this went makes over more sense room. to me. All of those hormones, they make them stupid. <laughs> Carrying on. Um, and they were... Uh, so he was out on the, uh, they were on the 11th floor balcony and he was doing it. Yeah. And Same fell thing. down when he got tired, face first into the cement. Oh. Here's where it's a little different. In Germany, the coroner said he died by doing macho sort of showmanship stuff. He was like, this guy was showing off. Yeah. yeah. That's what he put in. However, in uh, Ohio, uh, they put in that he was... Uh, he was a little more tactful. <laughs> yeah, he was a little more tactful and just said um, uh, it was just an accident. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, Germany just didn't give yeah, shit. Yeah, didn't give a shit. No, this is was, what happened. Yeah, he was being macho and <laughs> stupid. being an idiot. Don't yeah. do this. <laughs> Night! <laughs> Um, so yeah, so if you want to show off to your uh, spouses, yeah, they have you do, stuff that you can partners. put on a door jam. Do two door jam pull-ups. It's just as impressive. It is. It is. <laughs> just don't hang over a balcony or put a big mat that you can land on. Maybe a I mattress. Guess. A mat. No, I don't even think a mattress, but you know those big blow-up things. Oh yeah, you, like a bouncy castle. Maybe a bungee cord. Maybe no, you could go make you your own bungee cord. <laughs> You've already had that. That didn't work either. <laughs> make a better bungee cord. Let's go from jumping off balconies to jumping in the ocean. Mm -hmm. 
an experience. This is still men being men. Yeah, this is men okay. being men. So a 47-year-old rescue diver was filming underwater. And he decided that to do better filming, he was going to shut off all his safety stuff so he wouldn't get all the bubbles flowing around while he was diving because he didn't need them. He was a guy. He got oh my it. God. So he shut all that stuff off um, and he figured he was pretty good and stuff like that. So he cleared all, everything off, all the alarms, everything like that. And the other guy that was working with him did the same thing. They both did it. They both shut off all their safety I stuff. I guarantee their alarm. this was not their first time doing this. So they shut everything off. Uh, 16 minutes into the dive, somehow he wound up alone and out of air, which would have never happened because there would have been an alarm on there. Yeah. So and he actually, like, it wasn't that the air was off. It's just that he actually ran out. He ran out and the, the alarm and stuff. So he was so busy filming and checking things out that he wasn't paying attention to any of his equipment and the alarm stuff that goes off to let you know that your low wasn't there. And because he, again, he had drifted away. So normally you uh, have a buddy, you always you have, have a buddy, buddy system diving, with him. Yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, my dad was a um, dive master, uh, dive master, and so is Cheryl's, Cheryl's parents, which is one above both Cheryl's parents. Yeah, which is one above the uh, inspe- uh, instructor. So I mean, like we've been around diving a lot. My mom is a certified diver. Yeah. She's not a. She wasn't at the master level. So you're always supposed to have a buddy. Somebody's supposed to be in your sight. There's hand signals that you're supposed to use. All this stuff. His buddy wasn't around when they did find him. They tried to give him an uh, alternate air thing so the, yeah. the little tank yeah but he was so distorted at the time because now all of the uh, nitrogen had got into his blood system and stuff because he started breathing all that That's stuff insane. and drifting down that he uh, refused to do it and he died because he didn't follow his own safety stuff actually my dad that's um, that's a terrible story i'm sorry but i started thinking about my dad when you were talking about that he has a sir uh, he has a diving survival story that i'd really like to record and maybe put on one of our episode episodes so well, there you go you should invite him down to do it or we'll take the stuff to him or something anyways we should do that well he needs to come down here anyways we got electrical work that needs to be done <laughs> he also has a darwin for diving too oh yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah he go. has one of each you're right we'll just do a we'll just do a mr wilson Paul Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Paul Wilson podcast. Now, if this is not the most guys doing guy stuff story ever. Okay. I does it beat jumping onto an elk from an ATV? Does it beat that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> October 2007 in Spain. Storm winds, storm winds swept across southern Spain, causing widespread flooding and damage to buildings along the coast of Costa Blanca. And, of course, the guys thought, cool, kite surfing, let's go. Yeah, yeah you always see the surfers out when the big waves come. So um, today's... Uh, the kites that they were using were like they're not just the little ones, right? With Batman on them and the little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These I are know. the big, huge kites that they're using yeah. to pull along. I know what you're talking stuff. about. Yeah, I'm describing it for our listeners. Okay, they know what they're, you're talking about. I'm too. Trying to be descriptive. I'm sure. I'm sure they know. I hope you guys know because now she interrupted, and if you don't know, you're gonna have to look <laughs> it up because I tried. This is what I get for trying. <laughs> Maybe I'll put a picture on Instagram. There you go. There I go. <laughs> so, the he. This guy, Johnny, grabbed all of his stuff and headed out, hooked it all up, even though as he was going out, they're like, don't go, don't go. The winds are too high. The oceans, the, the waves just don't do it. Oh, he went. The winds caught him. 
lifted him out and for over two kilometers bounced him off buildings oh. all the way through Spain. Oh no. Until he finally have got told caught. this story before? No, but I have told you one like this before. Oh, right? okay. I've told okay. you one like this <laughs> yeah. before before we started our podcast. Yeah. That was the guy that uh in Florida where he got lifted up and hit the building, top of the Can building. Can you imagine? That would hurt so much. <laughs> I don't know right? if you can hear Darian, but she just said, imagine if you're in your apartment and somebody slams again. <laughs> now she sees the face. <laughs> what is that? And then it just rolls off and gone again. <laughs> what has happened? Honey, I think I need to go see a doctor. <laughs> There's weird stuff happening. I didn't know there was a chance of human today. <laughs> It's not raining cats and dogs. It's raining Johnny's. Oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, we're going to hell. <laughs> well, well, it'll be fun when we get there. It's probably where most of our friends are anyways. And those are my stories. So those are guys doing guy things. Yeah, they were good ones. I enjoyed them. Yep. So, uh, again, uh, we've already said thank you a hundred times. So we're going to go right into the end. The dad joke. The dad joke. Oh, I'm going to guess it. You guessed this one. I'm going to guess it. <laughs> You've guessed the last two. How do cows do their Christmas shopping? Uh, something moo. I don't know. From a catalog. Oh, <laughs> catalog. Cattle. Oh, catalog. Catalog. <laughs> How do you make a dad joke worse? How? How do you have this ability? <laughs> I like mine better. <laughs> There's no catalog. Catalog. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for Cheryl. I am so sorry. And have yourself a fantastic week. We will see you next Sunday. Bye. Bye.